Yo, what's going on, people? Welcome to The Fix. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm your host, Diggy the DJ, alongside... I'm DJ Bill Cool, a.k.a. Ricky. And I'm John First. Thanks S- for having me, guys. Sick. Yeah. yeah, we're super stoked to have you. Thanks for coming out, man. Oh, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you only had one day off, and you've decided to spend it with us, so we feel very special. For sure, man. How's, how's the tour going? Yeah, it's been great. We're two dates into it so far. So we uh, kicked off in Brooklyn, which is where Shifty's from. And that yeah, that show was really fun. And last night we played at Last Planet HQ in Toronto. And then oh. we, have another, we have a second show in Toronto tomorrow yeah. with so for uh, the, Scratch Bastard. So for the listeners, uh, just for context, I think everyone will get it. Um, John and Shifty are touring together right now. So that's what brings them to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and tomorrow you're doing the on deck with uh, with Scratch. Yeah, yeah, that's right. S- super dope. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting because you're doing you're doing a couple regular, you know, your your tour date stuff, but then you're also diving into some kind of really geeky culture shit because you're doing a master class in Colorado as well. And tomorrow's going to be a little bit more on the nerdy side, so that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I've got a. I'm doing a few shows on my own as well outside of uh, our tour, and I'm doing some more uh, workshops as well. As part of that, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Like, um, I came to Canada as a DJ for the first time last year and had an amazing time. But I've never DJed in in the US, so uh, and I've never been to most of the places we're going. So this is loads and loads of new stuff. Where new where are you where are you guys stopping in? Um, so New York's already happened, and then we're going to Portland, um, and we're going to see, I'm going on my own to Seattle, uh, Denver. We're going together uh california in a couple of spots and are you guys uh flying around for the most part then because those are kind of distance traveling some distance um for the majority yeah there's a couple that are close like vancouver and seattle i'm gonna get a bus or something nice um well i guess portland is is fairly close to seattle as well right yeah, like the the journey we're taking makes sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Nice. And um so you this is not your first time in Canada, your second time. What brought you here the first time? Uh so I had a I had three shows here last year in February. So I played in Toronto, Calgary and Vancouver. Where did you play in Toronto? It was If you remember. You don't remember. It's gone blank. I know, I remember <laughs> I remember like the crew. Um one of them was playing last night. They were called Oh no no I can't remember that. Don't worry we'll we'll just um, do a drop a, here. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah that's what oh, the, no, the, the last the last planet called, family. Uh, yeah they were called Spectrum okay. the the uh, crew last year like okay. a drum and bass crew. Okay cool. And one of the guys was playing last night Jesse. Okay cool. cool. Um yeah had a really great great time last year like I used to come to Canada a lot as a a child with my family like we used to go skiing a lot in Mount Tremblant. Oh, nice wow, cool. nice yeah um at the time it used to be like bizarrely more affordable to come to like a winter holiday in Canada than to go skiing in Europe crazy um so we used to come here quite a lot nice, nice. so h- how did you and shifty link up uh it's m- i guess like more of like a, a a business thing we're both we're both uh signed to the same booking agency and um sam joined really recently and they thought it'd be a really good idea to link us together which we're like i'm i'm, I'm really really happy about yeah it makes a lot um, of sense yeah i mean I'm a, dmc I'm, guys yeah um sonically i think you guys kind of have a similar thing going on yeah yeah for sure um like i'm a massive fan of of sam's work like i, I used to go watch him in dmc before i was competing nice. went, went to go see him in london in the battles and stuff and followed him since like i've had him on my podcast nice. uh, a couple of years ago my mix mix show that i put out 
and yeah, yeah massive fan and I, I think it works really well like we complement each other really well for sure you wouldn't guess that it's it started i mean maybe it's, you could guess it started off as a strictly a business relationship but you seem to vibe together pretty well and get along like we've been hanging out for the better part of the day today and you guys seem like buds yeah it's been really fun really fun getting to know each other and stuff so so where are you from originally i'm guessing the accent might be in the uk or something but uh, where specifically are you from sure so i grew up in uh, the suburbs of london i lived in london well me and my family lived in london for a few years and then we moved to the suburbs when i was like seven so to surrey which is the county just south of london and then i moved to leicester where i live now when i was 19 for university and i've just stayed since like i made loads of friends there and it's a lot more affordable like london prices for for living particularly as someone self-employed mm-hmm. as a musician um are getting like harder and harder uh you can you can find good deals for sure but i've just really enjoyed where i live it's in the middle of the of the the country it's really easy it's like i'm only an hour by train to london nice. and most major cities so it makes sense what like, is the closest major city would it be london or birmingham or um, yeah we're close to birmingham and nottingham nottingham um, okay but yeah, it's like right in the middle. So maybe I say it's like roughly 180 kilometers north of London. And then it's like halfway between London and Manchester, for example. But it's in an area called the Midlands. Okay. And and what was the, what's the scene like growing up there in terms of music and stuff? I'd imagine it's it's vastly different than a place like Toronto or New York. Sure. So where I was before in, in Kingston in Surrey, um, there was like a, a hip hop scene and... Uh, a few people who've lived there in the past, like DJ Vadim. Okay, uh, okay yeah, yeah. Um I think the Herbalizer were local for a little bit. Um, there's a guy called Buddy Peace, who's a really sick scratch DJ. He was from there. Um, uh, Mark B is from that area as well. Uh, rest in peace. He was a really, really important UK producer for UK hip hop. Um, so were you generally uh, a hip hop head coming up uh, in your younger days? Uh, like to begin with, I was more of like, like into rock music okay. as, as a like a young kid, and cool. it was like the crossover between uh, rock music and hip hop on the radio, like in the early two thousands, that got me interested in scratching. And as I dug deeper into like lo- kind of what kind of sound like the Linkin Park kind of stuff, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I was like the like prime audience, like an eight year old angsty kid, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cool. but it was like the sound, the sounds I really wanted to learn how to make. Like and like the, especially bands like Linkin Park and Incubus, where they'd have like interludes, which were like pretty much like uh, maybe like slightly more mainstream versions of stuff like DJ Shadow. Yep. So that was my gateway into stuff like DJ Shadow and cool. Mo Wax, and then as that scene evolved, like into stuff like Prefu Seven Free and like all like the LA sounds and the stuff. There's loads of stuff that ha- was happening in Europe at the same time as that as well. That was like my main musical interest was like weird instrumental hip-hop and then instrumental hip-hop for dance floors and stuff cool cool i i remember i think i read somewhere that you said you got through got into scratching through metal which was a very very interesting <laughs> statement like how does that work i guess i guess you kind of touched on that with those interludes in the lincoln parks and the incubuses and stuff yeah, yeah it was it was through stuff like that and i learned how to scratch pretty much by learning by ear like how to scratch all the solos and like lincoln park limp biscuit incubus records and stuff like that and so what kind of gear were you using when you first started um i i got like a a bundle of equipment off ebay like for a really good price like i I had a pretty like terrible uh mixer to start with but i had technics from the get-go nice so i was very fortunate in that regard and like i i used them for like 
fit for a long, long time. I, I switched decks recently, but I still have those techniques. Nice for sure. Yeah, they're, they're um, beast. They last forever. So that's they. Yeah, they've been there for the whole time. But I've switched mixes as I uh, kept at it. Um, cool. I've lost the question. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was just kind of curious what your first gear that you started oh, yeah. out what, what, uh, yeah. was. It was like a Gemini Scratchmaster mixer. Yeah, like yeah. The fr- it was the free channel with the sampler on it. Nice. Okay. Um, which was pretty neat at the time. Like I, yeah, I'd record like one button cue points for like doing kick drums or something like that. Nice, nice. And make little loops uh, with it. Like the fader on it for cutting was was pretty terrible. Even when you got the upgrade to the Scratch Master one, like yeah. it would bleed after like a weekend. For sure, yeah. You'd and, have to always replace them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, like the cutting time, you had to go like significantly across the uh, the cross sure. fader to get yeah, like a full sure. volume. Good training. So <laughs> to begin with, I was just learning. You know, like like phrase scratching, like going ah 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 oh yeah type, yeah type for scratching. sure because sure. like that was the limitations. I couldn't really transform because of how slow the cutting was. Yeah. Um, and how were you learning? Did you have some friends who you were learning from? Was it like a YouTube thing? Like what? Where was your kind of source for that? So like to begin with, uh, so it was pre YouTube. So I started in two thousand and three. Okay. Um, and I knew no one into hip hop at all. Like when I started, um. I just wanted to like be able to replicate what I could hear on records and stuff. So I was trying to teach myself by ear and cool. watching what videos I knew of. So I, I had no idea about stuff like DMC at the time. Okay, it was only it was like a couple of years into it that I discovered that whole world. Yeah. Um. So I was just trying to learn by by ear and reading descriptions of things online. Yeah. And then I discovered I think it was, uh, the Ricky Rucker website where they had like all the like the encyclopedia of techniques. I can't remember what they yeah, were called. Yeah, the notations. It was all no- noted, yeah. like kind of musically. They came up with like some sort of um, nomenclature to to denote the scratching. Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah, and they had a description of each of the the scra- uh, the techniques. I think it was called the never, maybe. Okay, I think that sounds yeah. about right. Um, so it would say like a baby scratch, you move the record forward and back and stuff like that. So like I had these descriptions to go by. Yeah, and then just um, used your ear and just kind yeah. of experimented with different things. Yeah, but it was it was a very, very slow progress. Like I had not, I'd never played instruments before. So okay. like I the the uh, concept of playing in time, like the, wasn't, yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't know, understand that. Yeah, so, <laughs> I was just going, going nuts, scratching yeah. and stuff so, like, like that. Yeah, and like I, um, I didn't, I I went to a like a boarding school. So okay. when, when you live at the school, and um, until I was eighteen, like after high school. Okay. So like I didn't really get any significant time to practice. Like I was there all semester. Okay. So I didn't really get any practice until I was like eighteen, or in like the holidays, the vacation. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So um, yeah. When I started making real progress was when I did one year at music college, and then I went to like traditional university, and it okay. was during that time like I really started learning properly cool and then what uh what was the mixer then that you would have uh progressed to at that point because um you i can't really go you know you kind of hit the ceiling if you're working with like a scratch master you know what i mean yeah um i think two or three years later i got the pmc07 okay yeah the best text yeah um and then i used that for a bunch for a few years and then i got a second hand uh pioneer 909 off okay. a friend nice. it and like it was super beaten up but like like all the faceplate was like cut away, a lot of yeah, the papers yeah, yeah. off and stuff. But the guys who used it were like proper beasts, like some real like UK legends. Nice. And um, yeah, so like I I didn't care because I knew it had been used by like these guys. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's been blessed by them, so the energy might transfer to you, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this like uh, or legendary to me like video of um uh DJ Daredevil, rest in peace, and uh, another guy called uh, Black Randy. And uh, okay. um, DJ uh, 
not manipulate, or that it's his crew, um, but uh, I think it maybe was manipulate, but they were cutting together um, with this mixer that I went on to, to own. That's awesome. Yeah, and this video is insane. It's ridiculous. Nice. So, yeah, I was super happy to have, have that. Um, so I used that all the way until I started doing battles, and I eventually won the Rain 61 in a heat, DMC heat. Nice. I sold that and upgraded to 62, and then I used that until I got involved with Pioneer with helping with the design of the S9. Yeah. And that's just been my go-to since. Okay, sick. So you were involved on that. That's cool, man. That's super interesting. I heard, uh, well, Jazzy Jeff, I guess, mm -hmm. and I think SK83 yeah, were so maybe some of the guys as well. In Europe, it was uh, SK83, myself, and Mr. Switch. Okay, yeah. sick. Um, they, they probably asked other people as well, but we were, yeah. we were used in the campaign in the European side anyway. I'm sure there were some guys in North America as well. Cool. So, like, did you have some input then on the actual design of the of the thing? Um, so, by the time I saw it, it was it looks how it looks now. Yeah. But the buttons don't uh, didn't have anything assigned to them. So they were asking, "Oh, what could we put here okay, that would be cool, useful?" Cool, cool. Um, there's a couple of like there's one feature I suggested that's in it now, which is the um, the P lock system for the uh the fader cap so you, you know they're in three parts right yep mm -hmm. so like that's something that was on their nexus club mixes like the four channels but at that time cool. wasn't on there okay and yeah I, I i actually just discovered that when i was putting on like my 12 inch skin and i had yeah. to like take the yeah. the cap off yeah. and i was Why like what's going yeah. on it's like, pretty Google, tricky Googled but it, yeah it's tricky to get off but i i see the value in it because but, they 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 stay on pretty yeah easy. for sure like i remember with uh with the rain 57 that i had you'd always have to like hubert uh posted a little trick of like putting like a little piece of toilet paper yeah. in and then sticking it on so and, that it wouldn't pop off but yeah. it would always like if you were going especially guys like you i'm sure like the thing would just fling right off yeah. right so and the more like the more you do like the paper trick, it eventually like rips apart the inside of the cap. Yeah, yeah, put, yeah. And then yeah. it like it only lasts so long, and then you have to buy a new cap. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's cool. Um, and then so yeah, assigning the buttons. Yeah, so you came up with some of those concepts as well. Yeah, it was mainly the the cap thing, and then just like general feedback. Yeah. And then cool. they got uh, uh, us us free involved in doing demos for it. Uh, well, was so the toggle switch already a, a part of it when you first saw the um, the, the effect switch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was cool. really fun. Yeah. Sweet. That's um, one of my favorite features on that. And and the pads, of course. Uh, I like how they're like MPC pads as opposed to the rain ones I found. You know, like they were kind of, they would get sticky and kind yeah. of like less less you, fun. You can really bang on those that's exactly, pads. Exactly. Yeah. Like you f it, it feels really stable. Like all the knobs like um, feel really stable, like yeah. the pots and stuff. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like I really like the, the feature where you can adjust the uh, bumpers. So you yeah can, yeah um, for sure for sure you can make it feel like loads of different mixes like you can like I think the standard one feels like a standard Pioneer mixer with like the really clicky yep, yeah yeah sound but because I, I spent so much time on Vestax mixes I I really like the softer yeah for feels, sure, so like for sure. and the, and the tension the tension thing too is, yeah. is pretty cool I know some guys like it really really loose and I yeah. I prefer it a little a little yeah so tighter. I normally have it like nearly full tightness I think okay cool yeah cool I, I saw John just going through some of those secret hidden features and parameters earlier today at um bastard's house and i was like oh that's there that's there i didn't even know there was a synth built into there yeah i don't even think i've fully <laughs> dove into to like the full capabilities of that mixer man i, I love it though I'm, I'm a huge fan how how long were you were you right on kind of the um serato from the get-go or were you was there a transition period where you were buying battle records traditional battle records oh yeah, yeah i was buying records for quite a few years so i got i got serato when i was 17 so i'd been doing it for 
uh, like two and a half years by that point. Um, and even after then, I would still buy records. And I still buy records now, but it's more these days. I'm just buying like my favorite ones yeah. that I out of the MP3s I buy. Cool. And then just so I can continue having them as a collection. Yeah, for sure. But I guess these days I'm just buying the ones I really, really want rather than stuff to play out. And then for sure, I'm yeah. sure we've all got like the duds in a record collection where we buy them in the shop thinking, oh, this sounds sick. And then you get home and you're not so sure anymore. For sure. For so, sure. Yeah. I, like Everything like definitely means something now that everything I'm buying. Yeah, for sure. I, I personally haven't really been buying a lot of records lately um, since the, you know, Serato transition uh, it used to be like a weekly a weekly religious thing to go mm-hmm. down and, and grab your records for your gigs on the weekend or whatever. But yeah, Serato's uh, changed the game on that for sure. Yeah, I think from a DJ perspective, I think most DJs aren't, a lot of DJs aren't buying the the new, new <laughs> records to play in the club and stuff. I think for me, it's about just digging for old stuff and cool sounds and jumping into the jazz and just exploring genres of music that I normally wouldn't touch. Do you do, you do any of that? Do you buy some of those old records? Yeah, for sure. Like there's, there's definitely, like, there's loads of stuff I didn't hear before, um, which would have been vinyl only or like physically only. And like uh, when I started, I wasn't, I wasn't playing like dancehall and reggae, for example. And that, a lot of that stuff was exclusively uh, vinyl for quite a while. So yeah, definitely buy some old stuff and like certain types of house music, which I wasn't into starting out. Uh, but yeah, like I've been buying like some broken beat stuff recently, making sure I had like some key records cool. that I didn't have before. Cool. What kind of vibe are you feeling these days musically? Cause I, I, I know you're, you've, you you like all sorts of shit like it's not just you can't stick to one genre i guess when describing you so what what kind of vibe are you on currently uh like in in general for like the last like i, I in general i'd say i play like instrumental hip hop for clubs um and for like the last uh 6 or 7 years the majority of that is between like 80 and 85 bpm or 160 170 depending how you count and Within that, you have like the like LA like wonky boom bap kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You have like the brain feeder stuff, and then you have like stuff influenced well, like Chicago footwork and stuff influenced by Chicago footwork, um, and a lot of stuff uh, influenced by like UK based music like drum and bass and jungle and combinations between those two things. So there's been a movement um, since like roughly 2011, 2012 to make like um uh kind of like mixtures between dub hip hop and like jungle uh records in the UK and Europe in general and that there's a lot of that over here as well yeah um and yeah that's the particular sound I go for but also stuff like dancehall like I still listen to a lot of rap as well and stuff that fits in within the style I'll be playing as well what do you what do you find is really kind of popping in the UK these days? What gets the most reaction for for you? What are you finding? Because I think the scene is very different. Like our, our ears are are very different because people react differently to sure. music here. Uh, do you mean in general? Yeah, or, just in general um, at the clubs, like uh, when you're touring and stuff. What what seems to get uh, a good response from the crowd? Um, so in in general, like like um. Like so, excluding the sort of places I play, like I, I tend to play quite specialist places. But mm-hmm. like in in general, in the UK, outside of like chart music, it would be, um, like grime is uh, having like a massive resurgence over yeah. the last few years, and like has really propelled internationally. Yeah, for sure, it's huge over here right now as well. Yeah, I think um, it really. Um, 
big big part of that hair was really Drake jumping on board with a bunch sure. of the guys like Skepta and stuff like that. And I think we're 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 a couple of years behind over hair, but we're all eating that stuff up now. And then there's just so many awesome dudes. And then I mean, back in the day, there was legends like Dizzy Rascal and stuff like that. But then you got some of these new guys coming up and, and doing some cool shit. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm I'm by no means an expert on that genre, but like yeah, yeah it was. Like over ten years ago, when those guys like Wiley, Dizzy, um, uh, etc., 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 were were doing their thing, and then there was like a limit where they could go in terms of commercial ability, like com- commercial prospects, without kind of changing what they're doing. And a few people jumped ship and started making more commercial stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there was like a lull for a little bit, and then there was this resurgence. I don't know, maybe four years ago. Um, like I said, I'm not an expert on on that stuff, but. It was yeah, roughly around then you'd start hearing the like Skepta got really really big again, and like why like Wiley's consistently put stuff out and same with Dizzy Rascal, um, but yeah that stuff is massive, um, and also there's like a like a hybrid R and B meets like Afrobeat scene. Okay, um, the name I hear probably the most is Jay Huss. Okay, and it's kind of yeah it's kind of like sung R and B but. Some of it is like like Catronada kind of vibe, maybe a um, bit, or? S- slightly different. Like maybe maybe some of the more housey stuff Catronada would play. Yep. So uh, I'm trying to think of an example in U- U.S. music which would be similar. Um, We're so ignorant over here, eh? Like <laughs> I was I was gonna say every reference that I have to like the the UK or England seems to be satire what appears to be sensationalized like stuff like from people just do nothing right, right, right. to Ali G and stuff like that it just seems like a lot of people are popping pills over there <laughs> well like, like people just do nothing is like it's it's a um, like a mockumentary and it's like a parody but they obviously know what they're talking about like and when they play they those guys legit play shows like they play at festivals and stuff and they 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 play like classic like, like garage, garage, yeah. garage stuff um yeah, for that, those who haven't checked out that show, it's on Netflix. It's available in Canada, I think the US too. You, you really should check it out. It's qu- quite a laugh. Yeah, and it's pretty accurate. Like I, I know people who are like, like, well, a few years ago, I knew people like Grinder, and I, I think everyone will know someone like Steve's. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy who's always high, and yeah, um, yeah. I think it's like a, it's like a, 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 definitely like a really funny take on it, and like it's been accepted by the scene. It's parodying as well. They did it really, really well. Yeah, and they, I just noticed like have they always been touring? Because it seems like I've just seen recently that they're actually legitimately playing music out. Did that just do you think came from from the show and yeah. the, the parody aspect of it? Um, it was natural. Like they, I think after the second series, like they developed this like much wider fan base. Because it was originally like an internet series, mm-hmm. and then they got a commission from the BBC, and they started making series out of it. Um, and yeah, they've been touring, but like they were at least grind grinder and uh, Chibadi G <laughs> were like legit MCs before, like like on, on as in like they were actively making stuff. Wow. Um, yeah, um, like I, I don't know him personally, but I've got like he's a uh, the guy who plays grinder is uh, friends with people I grew up with. Okay. And um like yeah, they said he he was like emceeing and stuff. Yeah. Um I mean I've done some travels throughout my day and I've definitely met a few grinders <laughs> along the way. And uh yeah, I mean speaking of travels, your travels have taken you to several countries, Dubai in the UAE this past December, France, Korea, Hong Kong, Japan, Vietnam, China, and this is all in the last 6 months. What are some of your favorite places? Oh man, like like to be to be oh, it's gonna be a cheesy answer, but to be honest, like any any time I can play play someone new, like I, or like or 
play, play anyway really like i'm like just super honored and humbled to be able to come play somewhere really and do you but, generally like stick to like uh your the same kind of set like or do you try uh, and cater it to the different crowds like what what's that looking like is it is it turntableist stuff uh more do you do any party rocking or is it just kind of like what what's the vibe well like um i pretty much stick to my guns like i'll play like i've i've been very consistent it's like since since like before DMC, like I, like I've been playing the sort of music I play since I started DJing. Cool. Um, but since DMC, obviously DMC is so strongly linked with hip hop because it's a, for, mm-hmm. it's a form of hip hop, uh, a form of hip hop culture. Um, I've been really consistent with about putting out regular mixes to let people know what I play. Cool. Um, and I'm all about pushing new music. Like every show I put out is pretty much based on like stuff that's about to come out or has just come out. Cool. Yeah, I think um, if people are going to see you, they kind of know what to expect. Yes. It's not like you're just playing to like a random club where you would have to kind of cater to, to right. the crowd, so you get so to, like, to do what you do. I'd say like ninety five percent of my gigs are like for a specialist audience who cool. have booked me based on what I play. So like yeah. I I play the stuff I meant, mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, but I'm I'm incorporating turntablism as well. So like I'm cutting up the records that probably people know more. Yeah. Out of that scene, cool. and although like there there are there have been other DJs in the past that have done it um, from the UK and from other places as well. Um, so I can't, I can't say it's a new thing, but it's just the, like the equivalent of um, cutting up a classic from like, like the like hip hop culture, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so sure. you, you go, you go for a hit and like people instantly know what the hit sounds like. And as you manipulate it, yeah. and, and then you've got their, you've got a captive audience a bit there and then you can kind of yeah. show them a little bit more of your personality, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, and in terms of outside of stuff like that, I I have done sets in the past where I've just played like classic hip hop. Like I, I've been collecting that like since I've been DJing as well. Um, and sometimes I play like classic dancehall and reggae and like UK dub as well. Okay. What are some of the hip hop artists that you're into? Um, like I'm like '90s boom bap stuff. I'm, yeah, like um, it, yeah, it's kind of ironic because like with like the stuff I play mainly, like I'm. I'm super obsessed with playing new stuff, new stuff, new stuff. Okay. Um, and like all about seeing the progression of new sounds. Cool. But with with hip hop, I'm a bit of a dinosaur in that regard. Like I'm the <laughs> reverse. So uh, like New York stuff, like Pete Rock, of cool. course. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite records is the album he did with I and I. Yeah, Center yeah, of Attention. Sure. Fake and Jacks. Yeah, and all that yeah, sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gangstar, of course. Nice. Uh, Oh man, you know, you know when you put on your spot and then you just can't remember anything. Yeah, about no, <laughs> I, I, I get it already. Like I can tell it's just similar to yeah. like what I'm into, like that that '90s kind of boom bap stuff. You know, even like Nas and, and oh some yeah, of, of the, course, like that. that that stuff too. Um, Doom, of course, like Stones Throw, that yeah, sort of sound. Yeah, yeah, for sure, cool. Yeah, Stones Throw is my favorite label. Um, speaking of some of the '90s boom bap stuff, um, you've you've um, toured with Jeru. Um, I've I've not toured, but I've I've done shows with him You've a couple of times. Like we did one in uh, Leicester. I've did one in London recently. Um, I yeah, will consider that a tour. Yeah. Uh, you, you went to you went to London. Oh, by by by, uh, by those terms, I've also toured with Doom. Then yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Like sick, I, I I played two shows with uh, Doom. One with JJ Doom. Okay. And then one with Doom as MF Doom. Okay. And, um, and what was he like? Did you have an interaction with him personally at all? Yeah. Um. The first time I we got to talk to him for a little bit. Yeah. Super super nice guy. Um, and the second time he was, he was more busy, but he said, he said, hi, yeah. Like gentlemen. Oh, cool G rap. You've opened for mm-hmm. Afura, big Shug. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so- I think Afura had to cancel on that one, but yeah, we, it was with Gangstar Foundation. Okay. Gangstar Foundation. Um, right. 
uh who else yeah like quite quite a few like uh ugly duckling was one of my first shows okay i played i played with them um yeah, so like, uh, I'm super honoured because even though that's not what I'm doing all the time, mm-hmm. I feel like honoured to be able to play those sort of sets because it's a huge part of so, my Yeah, so when listening. you DJed for like someone like Jeru, say, like, were you like actually DJing for his set and did you incorporate some turntablism stuff if that was the case? Um, no, for, for all of these, I, I'd be like an opener okay, or, okay, like, cool. or like the yeah. house DJ gotcha. for the night in between yep. acts. Yep. Yep. Um, cool. But I would be, yeah, I'd be playing classic stuff and also like um, like a few edits combining the two styles. So cool. like... Showcasing like footwork some edits and and I'll, I'll be doing routines and stuff of course cool so not only have you worked with and opened for um hip-hop guys you've also done other genres like beardy man and stuff yeah um so beardy man that project was really really fun um and it's kind of kind of ongoing still as well like uh so if you've not if you've not heard of him before he's a he started off as like a beatboxer doing like the uk beatbox championships which he won i think a couple of times but then he started performing live with one of the first guys using loop pedals cool. in, in that scene. And it kept on evolving where he would start improvising a whole hour set just with his mouth and effects. Crazy. Oh, wow. And now he's built it to a, sta- uh, a stage where he's got like a crazy Ableton rig with keys. Like I think he's a classically trained musician as well. And he has all these presets. And sometimes he asks the crowd to do a random request and you'll go, hey, you, what genres for I play? Okay, dub. You what should we be out? All right, mittens. I'm going, and he just he just jump in, cool, grab cool. these presets that he's he's got this huge library of, just like you would choose a tune in your Serato or Tractor or whatever, and he'll just write a song on the spot. Crazy. So the the project I'm involved with him is uh, was through a DJ called JFB. Do you know him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, while uh, uh, Jean was preparing for the freestyle, freestyle World Finals, he asked me to cover him for the band, and I ended up becoming like a regular member. <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. Um. So the it's a hundred percent improvised, and for the he has like a smaller group of musicians he does this tour with. Okay, um, I'm part of like the the bigger ones. So in the band I play with, it's a drummer, uh, two MCs, um, a, a like double bassist, but she also beatboxes, um, oh. a cellist, and who am I forgetting? Ah, uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting a member, and I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so I handle scratching and like occasional samples. So there's some crossover, like I'll be doing some stuff Beardy Man does sometimes, but it depends on the song. Okay, cool. And we're all wearing an in- in-ear and he has like a second microphone that only we can hear. Yeah. And he'll be giving us directions and we've all got uh, like a metronome click as well. Crazy. And oh, wow. he'll go, okay, guys, um, that we're going to do a like... 120 bpm electro song and it's going to be about dogs and it's in, <laughs> we're in, I'm, I'm gonna Wild. i'm gonna play bass in b minor go that's and, crazy and he might like direct us and go okay in four bars we're gonna we're gonna drop out that's crazy does he have a nice little following like what, what oh, kind yeah. of rooms are you guys playing like he's super popular like because his like he, he's like a very fun character yeah um and it's like a, a much more like general music audience than i would normally play at yeah so like uh I've, I've done two shows with them so far and one was at a big venue in brighton nice. which is the south of england yep. and another one was a a really big venue in in london like a couple thousand capacity oh wow crazy um like i remember when i was a kid i saw deftones there crazy oh, wow. like like for comparison it's like it's for like big yeah. touring rock bands and stuff like that Cool. um so we played that room and that was yeah amazing fun um yeah and it as a dj performing that scenario so like if you're like a keys player and someone goes yo can you play in a minor 
like that's you just go right yeah yeah, go. yeah 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 but like as a dj you have to prepare a lot for that so i before the shows i'd make as many beats as i could that week and uh, because it's improvised i have to have like new stuff every time because I, I can't be seen like replicating my ideas yeah, yeah or, like yeah. I, c- I can kind of like use i like concepts and stuff but like i couldn't play the same melody on two shows because they're recorded as well crazy so like i'll make as many beats as i can and then strip them the my favorites down and then yeah, let's say i've made like a drum and bass loop i'll take that bass line and um put it into every minor key just in case he asks for it crazy. and then do that with like the lead whatever would sound good performed basically and then like all these drum kits and like we play like every style like i think we go from like trap to like classic hip-hop to jazz to uh reggae to like all different types of dance music he's like really into techno and stuff cool man sounds like a fun show i'm gonna have to look that up yeah Yeah. there's a few of like the older shows before i i got involved on there as well and um he's currently writing a new studio album and i guess yeah like uh, that project's on hold until he starts touring again so I think I'm, I'm st- I think I'm still in with, <laughs> if, um, if he starts doing that project again. But I think at the moment they're mainly like touring with like a smaller group of musicians. Cool. But if he plays like festivals and stuff, he gets more guys in. So cool. And the prep for that um, is it a lot more than just you know doing doing the regular gigs? I know. I mean battle battle routines and stuff aside, I'm sure that's that's way more work. But the the amount of preparation you have to do. You said you have to make ten beats or something beforehand. Yeah, I, I basically just make as many as I can that week um like i i guess i can cheat a little bit so like if I, if i've prepared something the rest of the band haven't heard it so it's still them reacting to it so like i will record like like a little jam idea so i feel confident if he puts me on the spot and goes hey john start a song like i can i have to be able to like do that so uh, <laughs> sounds like a stressful uh, yeah <laughs> so it's kind, it's kind of different it's just like preparing loads of little jam packs That's like cool. little scratch sentences which you can perform so something with like the s9 for example like i have a few things i might put like a drum kit on one row and then have like some melodies cool. or like a, a vocal or something. Um, and then being able to switch up, like, because it's not just a loop, you have to make a full song. So you have to have enough variation. So I'll just make a few different things. Crazy. But it's definitely helped a lot because I've never been in that sort of situation before. For sure. Um, being able to like, like play with a band in key. So that's been really fun. Cool. And what what is your what's your production setup look like? What do you use? What do you what do you have um, in terms of gear for production? So these days I use uh, Ableton Live as my DAW, and for controlling that I use Push Two. Okay. And then in terms of plugins, like I use all the Sound Toys stuff. Do you know Do you know those guys? No, I'm not that familiar. Uh so it's like loads of crazy like delays and okay um, oh. compressors and uh, like panning crazy panning effects and things so i use those a lot um i use some of the native instrument stuff um i also have some hardware synthesizers so i've got a moog sub 37 um which is like a really really nice mono synth Mm -hmm. um and i also use that's probably like my go-to but i also have a uh korg minilog which is a polysynth and yeah i start i started producing pretty much after dmc like i used to do it before i was scratching and djing yeah with like a really really basic Kind of like a, it wasn't a DAW, like it was like a toy. Or... Like, um, uh, have you ever seen Music 2000 for PlayStation? No. Uh, I don't know if it ever came out in North America. It was no, like it a. Doesn't sound familiar. It was like you'd get all these loops and you could chop them and and arrange them. It's like a Guitar Hero for production kind of thing. Um, more involved than Guitar Hero. So like, you know, like with Garage Band, you get Apple loops. Okay. So it'd be like that. Um, 
bit on your PlayStation and you, there was a way to record them. Well, you cool, can export cool. them and save them yeah. afterwards. Oh, yeah. that's really like, neat. And talking about grime cool. earlier, loads of those beats and early grime records are made on PlayStation. That's funny, man. And early dubstep as well. Cool. Yeah. Um, cool. So like I, I wasn't using that software. I was using like something similar, but for PC. Yeah. And I just used to jam on that. Cool. So like I used to do that and I got heavily into scratching. And uh, it wasn't until after DMC that I kind of got back into it again. And now that's probably the thing I do the most. Is, is make beats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So a few of my routines are my own productions as well. And that's kind of like the avenue I want to go down for sure. Yeah, cool. I, I think you mentioned um, in a, in another interview that a lot of the stuff you play is stuff that you've either produced or just some unreleased SoundCloud stuff. So you, you really like to go down that route and, and play unique music, right? Oh, for sure. Like um, I, got, I get sent a lot of like work in pro- progress beats by like artists I like and my contemporaries and stuff. And if, if if I really like it, I'll play, I'll play it out. It it depends on what sort of audience you're in front of. Like if it's a more headsy one, um, that sort of audience in that scene would go crazy for like a new beat they've not heard. Like if they enjoy the vibe, they'll be well up for it. Cool. But uh, like as you know, like some audiences will prefer to hear like the hits. Yeah, so, familiar stuff. Yeah, yeah. so it, it depends on what sort of audience I'm in front of as to how deep down that kind of unknown mm-hmm. route I go. Um in terms of like playing my own stuff, like I'm I'm slowly going, gaining gaining more confidence with it. Mm-hmm. But there's like a few things I play out in most of my sets that I I've made. And and when you when you're playing your own tracks, are you really kind of eyeing the audience to figure it, more than you normally would if you're just playing a, a regular track? Yeah, for sure. Like the 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 um like a, a real benefit of being able to DJ is like seeing people's reactions to stuff before you put out the final sure. version of it. For sure. Yeah. If there's like no no reaction and you can change things. It's like market research as you go, kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a really good sure. way of putting it. I think it. Uh, Fat Boy Slim has talked about that as well, kind of like <laughs> when he was making some of his early records, he would like, you know, test them out in like a live yeah. situation and, and kind of see the reactions and then go back and, and make changes. So yeah, even cool. on like a technical level, it's really good for testing mix downs and stuff like that. Like, will, will, yeah, it, will sure. it slam or whatever, you, or whatever you want the song to do? For sure. As hard yeah. as like... More bit, bass, more bass. Yeah, is this yeah. type of song you've just played? Cool. And what what's your what's your now you, we talked about your setup for for production what's what's your uh, DJ rig look like? Um, at the moment, I'm using like for my solo stuff. I'm using a the S9, and I switch like at home. I've got a few different setups. I've got um, Pioneer PLXs. I've got uh, Stanton Straight One Fifties. Yeah. No, is it one eighty or one fifty? Uh, straight. Yeah, straight one fifties. I think. Yeah. yeah. The heavy. They're they're really heavy. Yeah. They're yeah, like yeah. super super heavy. Yeah. They're crazy. Um. So I have I, I won won those in DMC and like loved them. Like yeah. Before I'd only ever you like the torque I, on them is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I found them quite unnatural at first because I I predominantly only used Technics before. I know I yeah. never had Vestax. Um. Just because I I already had I had these Technics and I loved them so I didn't really change. Yeah. Um, so the Stantons was a massive jump, but I love them for cutting. They're really cool. fun. Nice. Um, I recently got a uh, Vestax PDX 3000, so I could use the MIDI uh, okay. input. Yeah. I've just bought a... There's a new controller someone's made, which turns one of those into a controller one. Oh, wow. Like a, a basic version of the controller one, so you obviously don't have the screen and stuff, but you, you have like the octave buttons. Cool. Cool. Um, so I'm looking forward to using that when I get back to the nice. UK. So nice. Do you find yourself constantly kind of wanting the new gear and playing around with the new stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like uh, it's been really fun. Like I, I have a, a good relationship with Pioneer where I get to try out a lot of the stuff for mm-hmm. feedback. And yeah, that yeah, I love being able to like suggest features and stuff like that. Um, definitely the like the S9. Like I love 
a lot mm-hmm. and i've been for a separate project which um actually yeah like well, one of our videos is online already there's a producer called shield from denmark that yep, I, i've, I've worked that. with yeah um we met up because we're we're signed to like we're part of the same record label uh 2020 records in london okay and um when he got signed we we started talking and i discovered he was a he was a percussionist in the danish navy for oh, years wow. like yeah. like snare drum yeah, kind of stuff yeah. and i i ended up booking him for a party i run in the uk and uh we thought i'll oh, come for a few days earlier we'll have just have a jam and just see how it goes and we, yeah that video we made in like a day yeah and then we filmed it like the day after the show that's the one where you're you're uh, facing each other and, yeah. and and you know one person's jumping on each other's gear and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that that's pretty crazy yeah that was that was so much fun to make really natural so um and we were really really uh happy with how that went like how it was received so mm. like we're working a lot more on that now we've just done another video with by the time this this comes out it, the video is probably out as well for for pioneer okay uh using their torise uh sequencer it's like a sampler okay and they have a monosynth as well so i have like a separate project with him which is more about performing productions live so it's not necessarily like all about hardcore scratching it's more about performing a song and like the final output being interesting for an audience cool yeah for sure yeah pioneers doing like a lot of really interesting stuff and it's cool to know that they're actually like talking to people and kind of getting like real legitimate feedback from like real heads and like gear heads you know it's cool mm-hmm. and you just recently did a serato video too where you're using the remote app alongside the djm s3 mm-hmm. that video was so dope well oh, what was you. working on that equipment like is it a lot different to hit a uh, it wasn't an ipad i guess you're using yeah, yeah that's right um yeah i uh got a, a call from they've, they've just opened a new um like studio in london like mm-hmm. just at the end of last year and the guy who runs it dj blakey um got in touch with me and asked me to if i'd be interested in making a routine using that setup cool and yeah just sort of, sort of as a challenge um i'd used uh the so pioneer have like a record box version of that as well and i'd used that previously and um yeah it, it feels really good that mix is really good mm-hmm. um like the cutting's great on it and it's got all like the nice pioneer filters and stuff um but the app itself is really good like i'd really recommend checking that out if you're if you use serato at home uh but maybe have like a like a previous generation mixer like a vestax or uh uh pre-serato rain or something like that yeah because so you, can you get some of those pad controls yeah. and some of the extra effects and features like all the software features you have on the s9 are on there so like all the serato effects the cue points loops uh and you can change how it looks as well so you can like have the uh effects controls really big or have them small on top of the menu and have like all the cue points laid out like the s9 if you want to so yeah it depends how you play so it's i i don't know how much it costs but it'd be if you already have an ipad or i think you can get a version for ios for an iphone as well so if you have one at home you can yeah like have the benefits of a like serato mixer without the without the mixer without having to buy the hardware so it's a a good in between do they have any plans to do an android version of that um i I honestly (laughs) i'm always asking this kind of questions um i honestly don't know and it might even be available but i don't i just don't know so I'm um, back to you, you where you're talking about Shield a bit. You you collaborate with a lot of your fellow DJs. I mean, there's a couple Canadian connections too. You you've done stuff with Brace, Vect. Mm-hmm. Um, How did you hook up with those guys? How I mean, you seem very open to collaborations. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I get yeah. Just talking about collaborations in general. Like, I feel you can just learn so much from working with other people. 
um like back when i was battling i outside of like my crew i wouldn't really like share stuff with other people mm-hmm. um but i'm so glad like because of like wanting to keep ideas secret and stuff and yep. it's a really negative way to think i was just super super competitive when it came to doing battles yeah and um after i stopped i was like i just want to collab with everyone and like yeah, yeah, like yeah, and yeah. because you 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 get to share ideas and like and get get that buzz of like finding a new for idea sure. of someone you learn you get uh, different inspiration yeah. and and take things to the places may, where maybe you wouldn't do on your own for sure so yeah and with and with production as well like um like there's there's a project i i did with two friends called goals which is like a hip-hop side project where we made a beat tape and they asked they got me involved to do scratches originally and i was just picking up beats again nice. and I, after like, the first session i was like hey guys would you mind if i like if i produced a bit on this project as well nice and they were like all up for it and by doing that i learned so many production techniques that i now use and like it every time i do a project i'm always learning new stuff like new ways to work within ableton or using hardware in ways i didn't think you like that's how you should how you do it or how to do stuff yeah and and vice versa like maybe people people, take away things from from i like to think maybe someone takes something for sure for sure 100 percent. yeah um as for the the specific ones you mentioned, like I've known Vect over the internet for pretty much the whole time I've been DJing, mm-hmm. like since I was like fifteen. Like we're the same age. Uh, he's he's like slightly older than me. He would have been like the older, but he would have been like the year above me at school. But we're the same age. Yeah. Um. And yeah, we used to go on like uh, Scratch Aliens, which is like a UK forum, Digital Vertigo, and uh, the Scratch Lounge forum and stuff like that. Cool. Um just like nerding out talking talking shit about, <laughs> about yeah. shit yeah um, you guys did a podcast together too yeah so like like in like 2011 or 2012 like we, we, we would like talk now and again but we just started talking about like routines and battling experience and stuff and we just became really good friends nice and so 2012 and 13 we actually battled each other um particularly in thir- 2013 like we were showing each other our routines even though we knew we were going to be battling each other yeah crazy and it was like like whoever wins, we want to make sure we're one and two. It doesn't matter who wins. We want to be one and two this year. And what what were the results? I was one. <laughs> <laughs> they don't call you John first for nothing. Yeah, he would he would like completely destroy me now. Like like I I like although I continue to make routines and continue to um like try and get better like every routine I make. Yeah. He like he battled for several years afterwards. Yeah. And, like won so many world titles and things. Like he would completely smoke me if it was a battle now. <laughs> but like um and he probably he he probably deserved it that year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, yeah. He he was like one of my best friends within that scene, and it's I'm so like proud of all his achievements and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, he's he's just he's technically like it's just mind blowing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, like I really like how he doesn't take his style super seriously as well. Like he uses so many like jokes records like when he when yeah he plays. yeah for sure yeah he always looks like he's he's having a good time like, up there with he's that got, he's got that little smirk on his face you know I what think I mean? that's the Canadian we're, <laughs> we're we're a bunch of jokers over yeah. here as you can see we all are always smiling and we don't take ourselves too seriously for the most part he's got like a Baywatch struggle and like stuff <laughs> nice, like that nice. <laughs> stuff like that um and like Brace I met through through Vect cool. um and in a similar way like um yeah I call I call him Extended Crew as well like we. Uh, when he was doing DMC in 2000, and like when he when he did the Freshlands project project with Vect, I'd give them a lot of feedback. And same when he was doing the year he won DMC online, like nice. I was heavily like like cool. checking in with him like nearly every day, nice for progress updates and stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, 
yeah. I'm, yeah, it just makes sense. I mean, you guys are involved in the same scene, and if you like each other personally, then it just makes sense that you that you would connect and, and collab and, and whatever, for sure. Yeah, man. So when did you feel like you made it? Winning DMC or getting those Icon control vinyls? <laughs> oh, oh, um, I, I don't think I, like, I, uh, you know, like, whenever you set a goal and then you achieve like that goal there's always like another thing another thing another thing for so I'm, sure i'm never like happy with well like i'm always happy with like achievements but like i always know i can do better and like mm. i always know there's like so many people who are better at what i do so i just want to like keep improving really mm. for sure but, like, did you see a huge change like after you won the dmcs was it like oh shit like a lot of gigs are coming in now and like you're doing a lot more traveling and stuff was that kind of instant yeah so, so i was djing around the uk like but by, by like by the time I won DMC online, I was already like DJing at like UK fe- like some smaller UK festivals and like some niche clubs within the sort of music I play. Um, but when that video went online, I heard from so many people I'd never thought I'd ever hear from. Like people, like one of the reasons I started scratching was because of a song the Executioners did with the Beat Junkies. Okay, yeah. yeah. And out of like the night I put it online. I got notified that Shortcut had been sharing my stuff. Oh, wow. And, like, that just blew my mind. Nice. Um, And he, like, sent me a lovely message saying, like, yo, this is, like, keep doing what you're doing type thing. Nice, nice. And and just to hear that from my peers and, like, uh, do you know DJ DJ Woody from the UK? Yes, yeah, of course. Yeah, like, he's he's someone I met before, but we didn't really know each other very well. And, like, he made an effort of sharing my stuff and Craze as well. Mm -hmm. Nice. Who obviously, as we all know, is, like, one one of the best ever. And, um yeah like that moment really helped like and then and then was there a lot of touring that came in instantly from that yeah too? so like uh around that time i think the week after that video went live i, I i'd already had a show booked for uh for our friend dickie's crew yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah, uh, yeah. In, in edinburgh in scotland nice and while i was there the um the owner of the venue said hey john have you got a, a booking agent and i said oh no i just like manage myself and everything and yeah. he said like um i think this guy might be interested in you and like from like the next week I had an agent. Nice. He's been my UK like European agent ever since. Sick. And through the back of back of that and like making sure I stay up with making mixes and stuff, I like this has just been my like full time job ever since really. Cool. Um and it helped a lot. Like that year I played like around Europe quite a lot and yeah, like just, just since like I've just been making non- making non-stop. new things. Yeah. Nice. Um so- but definitely like the last year like I've I've been playing internationally quite a lot mm-hmm. yeah i'm super super like honored to be able to do it cool man um so speaking of that um dmc win mm-hmm. um for those who don't know t- uh, 2013 online dmc world champion um you almost didn't submit that yeah. can you tell the story behind that yeah sure so i uh i qualified for the uk nationals that year as well and I uh, I'm I basically I messed up because I, I just finished the routine. I had a few things go wrong actually in the build up to it. So uh, I'd had I, I got the sixty two and I wrote that routine with the sixty two. And during my practice time, one of my cue points broke. I had the very one of the very first run, and there were some issues with some of them. And yeah. they, they fixed it now. Yeah, they're yeah. all really stable. But in that initial run, some of them had quite like flimsy cue yeah, points. Those buttons, yeah. And at the time, they didn't have us a. a a great support network in the UK. Now now they oh they've been bought now, haven't they, by in music. But like before just before then they yeah, they had like a, a really good team. It was really easy to get parts. Nice. Um and uh it it took like two months to get my mixer back. And I oh, I left all my other equipment at a uh, a studio uh I was recording a video at 
um, like the other side of the country. And it would have been like like a full day driving there and back to collect it. And I always thought, oh, I'll be here like tomorrow. I won't bother. But it, and it turned into two months and I just didn't have a mixer to practice with. But I wrote the routine like in my head and on Ableton. Crazy. Um, oh, wow. Like going, okay, this is what I want to achieve here. This yeah. is the sort of pattern I want to achieve. But I didn't know how to do the patterns physically at that point. Crazy. Because I I when I was battling, I'd always want to make stuff I, I couldn't physically do the year before. So um, like I'd never juggle for that the start of that routine i'm juggling at like 130 bpm yeah i'd never like juggled electro or anything before crazy so i learned how to do that for that routine but i had like two weeks before uk dmc finals to when i got my mixer back so crazy and like although i I, i'd finished the composition i wasn't ready like and i I messed up because i hadn't had enough time to practice and dmc online was my final slot like shot at uh nailing it and uh like this was my third year in a row of getting to the uk and online finals yeah and i had some personal stuff like i was going super super hard into dmc and uh, yeah it affected like a relationship basically like i was like i wanted to stick stick at it crazy and uh it takes dedication right? yeah so i thought i i've made it yeah i'm sticking at doing this i need to i need to nail this and i i just wasn't happy with any of my takes i did it i i had like two weeks between uk final and dmc online submission date oh, and i just wow. did it all day every day trying to get tight and i it, feel like we're always hardest on ourselves i'm yeah. sure yeah so that there's mistakes in the, the video that i submitted um which i notice like yeah there's a few bits that are slightly out do they drive you nuts uh no well like it, it's, it's giving me a career so i can't be too yeah. bad at it. but like yeah at the time i was like ah uh, like i know i think i think this is like my best work so far but i've not been able to like show it how i want to show it and but i have to submit something now otherwise i won't be able to compete so i okay yeah i did it um and like begrudgingly put it online and then went to sleep and then the next morning like i had loads of notifications and i was like oh <laughs> this nice. is new cool. and yet yeah like it that video just did really that, that was the probably the most well-received video i've ever had yeah um, i think almost like seven hundred fifty thousand youtube views which yeah. is no joke yeah like the like before that, the most I'd ever got on a video was ten thousand in a year. Oh wow! Um, for my previous DMC video, it's a huge jump. Yeah, like I was uh, outside of a couple of forums. I don't think like many people knew I was. Like I live like the area I live in was is pretty small. There's not really uh, at the time there wasn't much of a hip hop scene there, although it's got much better since. Um, so to have that, yeah, that sort of reaction was really really good. Aren't you glad you pressed upload? Hundred <laughs> um, percent. But yeah, the, the little things nag me, but I can't be too mad. Yeah. You, do you do you ever um, look back on it, or are you kind of like you're like, okay, I've done it now. I just don't want to even look at it anymore. Um, I guess sometimes, like I, I've always like recorded things. Like I think that's it's really good to record regularly to see how you're progressing. Yeah. And like sometimes with, do you ever find with muscle memory that over time you'll forget cuts you used to do oh 100%, yeah. 100%. so like it's, sometimes it's nice to have a reference yeah to go so, back to and, go for old patterns because yeah. you get in your comfy yeah for sure 100 uh, muscle memory zone so yeah. i do i do sometimes watch my old videos mm. just to check if i've like forgotten how to do certain patterns or something yeah um but i'm very much about like next thing next thing next thing and just making like a, a my next thing in my body of work that i can be like to make something i'm happy with you know absolutely um you you mentioned like recording's good for 
for practice and learning and stuff like that. What, what tips would you give some of the younger dudes just kind of getting into the game other than don't do it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like specifically for battling? Or? No, or just, just in general, DJing. Like um, what, what tips to get them going? Like whether they want to um, become a battle DJ or they want to become, you know, the world's greatest party rocker. Um, okay, I'll, I'll do it in two. So, so, so for battle DJing in particular, I just say, like just have fun and like keep practicing as much as you can. And one like one like minor tip, but like it would be when you learn a scratch, don't move on to the next scratch. You, like technique you've seen on YouTube that you want to learn. Like learn as many different combinations you can do with the new scratch combined with all the previous ones you can do. So if all you mm-hmm. can do is babies and stabs, there's like so many different patterns in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I think some people will learn them textbook, and, and then, then that's and move on. Yeah. And what you get is like you don't get very much uh, personality personality or flow yeah. you're yeah. just going like yeah. stab 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 yeah. transform transform no, stab, I've, stab, I've, stab. I've definitely noticed that with, with certain people um, you can definitely hear that because mm. like like all, all my stuff uh, is pr- is like fairly simple it's like it's like the foundation stuff but I, I I feel I have a confidence jumping between the techniques like I'm not I'm not doing any like mega crazy combos it's all like like OG like early 2000 stuff at, at most Okay. Yeah, but so, it's the, the the way that you're doing it and, and yeah, your own style and yeah. flair, pun intended. Hey. Combinations, <laughs> right? Like um, like like a boxer. You know what I mean? You're not just gonna jab, jab, jab. You're gonna do. Uh, I mean, I'm referencing this because <laughs> this is what I know. Um, but you know, different combinations, uh-huh. and there's different how million different permutations of those. Yeah. Um. So I'd, I'd say that, and then um, a good tip as well. Uh, that I always give to students when I have students is if you get stuck in a rut the best thing to do is don't use your hands and um wait that sounds, <laughs> that sounds strange. um it's like don't basically don't scratch and like try and think of a pattern in your head or by singing it or by tapping along to something and you're instantly going to be making a sound that you wouldn't have done naturally with your hands and then you're going to have the the obstacle now of learning how to perform that because it's going to be something your hands don't naturally do but you will have found a new idea and that's I use that technique so much for like getting out of my fullback scratches. Crazy, that's cool. Um, that's great advice. And I do that with making beats as well. So, um, so this project I do with Shield, we we were sponsored by Pioneer for this latest video. So we were using their kit, and usually I, w- I would have made music mainly on the computer, and it's very much like mouse and uh, like piano keyboard. Mm-hmm. But doing this is more like using an MPC or like an 808. Okay. And I would write slightly differently in that way. So I get a completely different result because I'm writing in a different, a different way yeah, yeah, using yeah. different equipment. So I, I recommend that with scratching. So like a lot of the patterns I did in 2013 came about because I didn't have access to a mixer for two months. Mm-hmm. So like the, uh, to get super specific, like the Shutterbug routine, it started off with me making an edit and I wanted to replicate like... Um, Oh, who's the producer? You know, Dan Funk? Yep. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Sound so, Live is so, so cool. So, like, that whole, like, West Coast Funk kind of thing was what I was going for with Shutterbug when I do the key point drumming. Yeah. And, like, that I could just chop up on Ableton. So, like, I'm going, boop, boop, boop. And I just, like, cut it up and going, okay, I can replicate that by doing a key point. Yeah. So, like, I didn't make a physical edit to the song and, like, load it in. I was just, like, working out the patterns by, in a different way. Cool. I was like, can yeah. I make a beat with this just using the original on one on on two channels to replicate decks yeah like, i can do it all right i'll learn how to do that when i get my mix of it cool um so in, in terms of djing in general um 
uh i get i get like who, who am i to say like how to dj or anything but i i'd say yeah just just do play play what what you like and if what you if if you're playing like a, a more niche style of music what i'd say is and, and that there's not necessarily a place to play locally um which is what it was for me is like either try and start your own thing yeah um but make stuff for the internet and make it regularly yeah um as long as like you're happy with the quality um and try and build a a, a fan base there so like i i don't play that regularly within the uk mm-hmm. but like i get to play like, like I'm, I'm doing lo- like quite a lot of shows on this this tour with, with sam and i think and people like go that. people go to john first show because they know you and they so yeah. you have a following a cult following in a way yeah so like like if, if your local local scene is uh i don't know if, if it's more of like a rock scene and you can't necessarily play um like cumbia music for example yeah you will be able to find that cumbia following online yeah and in time if you build up your rep you'll be able to make it work yeah so like cool. but, it, but but it is at the same time it's good to get experience so like if 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 you have to like change up your style a bit just to get some experience of playing out then it is worthwhile experience cool but um uh yeah, I I guess that would be like the biggest advice I'd give, mm-hmm. and and not to get um down on yourself because there's not opportunities lo- locally. I'd, I, that's the route I would take. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Okay, so before we wrap up here, um, uh, what are you up to? Is there anything you want to plug? Where can people find you online? This is your time to pimp your shit. Sure. Um, like in general, uh, I use like I have a Facebook page which is forward slash DJ John first. Instagram is at John First, Twitter at John First. Though I'm mainly on Facebook and Instagram, yeah. and um, that's J O N one S T. Yeah, uh, SoundCloud as well, J O N one S T, and Mixcloud. Mixcloud I, is where I keep all my mixes, and I do a like semi regular podcast for a UK label called Fly High Society, um, which is me plus guests. So like Shifty's been on there before. He did a mix, nice. nice. Um, and the previous one I think was. BSN Posse, who are a footwork crew from Spain. Nice. Um, and I yeah, love the mix they did for me. Um, I should be doing another one of those when I get back to England um, with a, a UK producer and a producer from, I think she's from Poland. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to hear what they come up yeah. with. I, I really recommend you guys check out um, John's uh, Mixcloud and Soundcloud because there's just so much shit on there and there's so many different collaborations and stuff. Um you 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 you'll get you'll go down the rabbit hole. I guarantee you. Oh, nice one! Yeah, and there's like some random inter- interviews like I did with mm-hmm. like there's one with Brace, one with Richie Roughtone from Scotland, and one with uh, Vect as well. I, I need to do more of those. Really I fun. I really I really enjoyed it. I I I didn't get through the whole. Um, Vect one because I was just I was busy prepping for for today, but I, I listened about half of it and it was awesome. And then also the Richie Roughtone one was really cool because I have the I have the practice your cuts and stuff like that. And and he seems to be, I mean he's been in the game forever. Oh, a and long time, he's yeah. he seems very accessible too. You know, like a couple of times I posted something on Insta and he's like replied back and stuff. He seems like a really cool OG. He, he's super super nice. Like he's someone I got to know more after battling. But he's always been like super, like super welcoming, like uh, really, really nice guy, and like that that label's gone really well. Like that label, and there's another one called Cut and Paste. Do you okay. know? Do you know those guys? I think so. I, I, I'm not too familiar, but a little bit. Um, it's like a similar concept. They put out a lot of like skipless records. Okay. Um, but also scratch music and uh, beats in general as well. Mm-hmm. And um, 
yeah, I'd really recommend checking those out. I think like they've both got international distribution now, so you should be able to pick it up cool. locally if you've got somewhere that stocks scratchy records. That's awesome. We've um, got a few of those here. Sick. All right, man. Um, well, thank you so much for taking the time and uh, wish you all the best on this tour and the best in 2018 and beyond. We're looking forward to hearing all your, your new joints, your production, your DJing and everything else. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks, guys. For sure, man. Peace. Peace. Peace.